0: Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. On the show you'll hear from everyday people changing their lives doing property development. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they've faced along the way. We also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques that you can use to accelerate your property journey. I'm your host, Amanda McEwen, and I'm the founder of The Rising Star Developer. And I'm really passionate about helping everyday Australians build lifestyle using property development. Hello there, welcome to today's podcast. We're in February and our intention was to launch this around Valentine's Day, given the focus of today's podcast is around how to get your partner on board. But true to form, Al and I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day too much, so it's not surprising that we're a couple of weeks late. Anyway, one of the key things that uh, common challenges that we uncover when we're speaking to people about exploring property development is a lot of people ask, how do I get my partner on board? I really want to do property, but uh, they're not sure. They don't believe in uh, that I can do it for whatever reason. Um, So today's podcast, I have a very, very special guest who is none other than my husband, Alistair, to give you his perspective on how I managed to get him on board to embark upon our property development journey. So hello, Al.
1: Very (laughs) nice to be here, (laughs) brother.
0: Quite weird. We're sitting across from each other and talking to a microphone. So, uh, so bear with us. So, I want to take you all take a step back because, ironically, the tables were a bit reversed when we started our property journey. Because you may already know this story, but the whole our whole whole property journey began in the maternity ward after the arrival of our third child. So it was day two. We had uh, day two of sleepless nights. I had. A fifteen-month-old and a two-and-a-half-month-old bouncing on the bed behind us, and I remember it quite clearly. And Al was sitting across from me, and he goes, "You know, M- Manda, you know, why don't we think about investing in property?" And I remember very clearly at the time. I don't think I even said anything. I think my glare at Al at that point in time just shut the conversation down because I was not open to it. I was sleep deprived for starters. Uh, but what happened, as you may know the story, is it wasn't until I had to go back to work and we both had to work because we had a big mortgage to pay and having to put my, you know, our kids into childcare. And then I realised, you know, for me, it was a pain driven, I didn't want to be at the mercy of somebody else's schedule. And I wanted control over my time. And I wanted access to I wanted the ability to earn uh, more income than was currently capped. And so for me, ironically, Al was the first person who planted the seed around property. But it wasn't for me until I was ready because the pain was uh, worse than actually keeping on doing what I was doing, that I opened my mind to exploring property development. And then fast forward uh, our journey of buying and holding and, and doing a couple of renos, then we got exposed to property development. And in our the dynamic of our relationship, uh, ours definitely the risk averse one, and um, the opposite. And that, that seems to be a common theme in a lot of relationships. There's always one that uh, you know a bit, bit more nervous, a bit more risk averse, and there's other one wants to run hundred miles an hour. So, so I'll just take us back to when we started exploring property development. Um, do you remember exactly when I suggested the whole concept? Property development. <laughs> yes
1: uh no well not specifically i mean i also remember the conversation in the maternity ward where we um i think we were trying to think of you know alternative ways to you know build an income stream for ourselves mainly so we could get you out of the workforce that was that was number 3 after number 3 that we had that conversation
0: yeah it was yeah
1: and um um you know we were, i think we were, we were talking about the fact that it was you know it was gonna be difficult with three kids, you know, with both of us in full-time work. And we needed, you know, we needed some alternative strategies. So yeah, I sort of planted the seed initially of um investing in property and that sort of evolved, you know, as you said, that's evolved from investing in property to renovations and property development. Um but in back to your question, um, in terms of when you first mentioned property development. No, I can't remember. <laughs> i can't remember (laughs) when you first mentioned it or in what context
0: okay i'll jog your memory because uh, i'd done a couple of renovations Mm -hmm. and at the time i was looking for other strategies to yeah done a couple of unit renos so i was looking at strategies to try and find deals off market and you know i've always invested in my own education and i remember i wanted to learn from an educator who would be able to teach us so that would have been a further i think it was three or four or five thousand dollar investment at the time and I remember hearing this educator and he he really focused on talking about risk. And I thought, okay, if I want to take our business to the next level, I need to get out in front of this guy because he will effectively do the selling for me for us to take our business to uh, the next level. So I think um, I, uh, I ended up... Um, making sure, sorry, I've got a dog who's deciding to try and get involved in the podcast, Rocket. Um, I remember bringing you along to an event so you could actually hear him speak. And I think he mentioned risk. He mentioned all the things that were just music to a risk-averse person's ears. And then after that, Al gave me the go-ahead to invest in the first program, which was just to learn how to find deals off market. Uh, And so so that was a strategy that I had in my own mind to get Alan on board, which seemed to work because it dealt with our concerns around risk. And then we flew to Perth to do this program. Sorry, now our dog decides to roll around behind us. So just bear with us. <laughs> the choice of uh, impromptu animal activity. Anyway, so we flew to Perth, did this three-day course, Um, And while we were at this course, this is when we got introduced to the concept of property development. And we were sitting next to each other. And I remember it was a big investment at the time to to be able to learn how to do property development and really take that next step. It was about a $40,000 investment. And I remember at the time thinking, oh my God, I really want to do this. This this just sounds like the solution that we've been looking for for a number of years. We tried another number of different property strategies. It just hadn't given us the, the lifestyle that we're wanting. They were actually tying us to our job. And that was our buying investing, buying and holding strategy. Um, and just, just what we're being told, it just seemed like it was finally the answer we were looking for. And I remember just sitting there next to Al at this conference going, I really want to do this, but there's no way he's going to let us, you know, let us invest $40,000 in a course, because firstly, we didn't have that money. We had Still a big mortgage. I was still working for somebody. We also had bought a number of investment properties. So our debt had just got bigger as we started embarking on a property. And I don't know, Al, from your story, what made you be willing to invest that money, which was a huge amount of money at the time?
1: Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, obviously I'm um, more risk averse. You know, I'm um, come from a, a banking and, and corporate finance background. So I suppose that's my um you know that's my natural sort of go to you know risk first before before profit um and that um sort of resonated with me as I, I started learning uh, learning about um property development um and you know I think also um what what sort of came to me you know listening about property development is um I think it was it was probably more of a um an answer to um, you know, lightening your load in a sense, in that you know, renovation was still quite labour intensive, um, whereas property development um, uh, is you know you're more the you're more the the project manager, and you know it's not necessarily as time intensive as uh, as renovation. And I thought um, you know that um, you know that would have advantages for us in terms of our you know personal situation in managing our sort of collective time to look after our kids and so forth. Um, you know but also you know if it was done you know well if it was done right you know it it could be a you know a a more lucrative uh, property strategy for us as well.
0: Yeah because I do remember I do remember sitting in my seat and I felt like I was uh, you know I was inside I just really really wanted to go and join up and and invest that money and I was just waiting for Al to say something So I'm not going to ask because uh, you know that it's not going to happen and then then I think it was actually you that said, "Okay, I think we should really consider this." I think uh, Al had assessed it in his own mind and assessed the risk and assessed what it could possibly do for us. And um, and then yeah, it was Al on the end who suggested we, uh, you know, we we drew down on our home home loan to be able to afford the program. But I think we also we knew it was a big investment. But I think we also made sure we hold ourselves accountable because I remember when we paid for that we sat down and said, okay, well, we want to get a return on this investment. At the time, we committed that we want to return that investment in, I think, 20, we wanted 10 times return that investment in 24 months. And so that was our line in the sand. And as we navig- as we learned the content that we got taught and as we navigated that, because we were actually being taught the bigger end of property development. And we started looking for these big deals and then realized that, hang on a second, this is nuts. What are we doing looking for larger deals? And then we took those concepts and made it more applicable for the smaller end of town, which is what I, you know, what I teach through the rising side developer, the small scale property development. And, um, but yeah, certainly I think, um, Having a clear idea about what we wanted to achieve and holding ourselves accountable. And and even though we had the knowledge from the big end of town, because at the end of the day, we still wanted to make sure we got a 10 times return on our investment, we then used that content and created it, adapted it in a way that was going to work for us, that was going to be able to work within our risk profile and deliver us the returns that we wanted. And as a result of that, by showing up and as frustrating as it was at times, trying to find deals and uh, and it took longer than expected. I was sending hundreds and thousands of letters out um, to try and find deals off market. And it was frustrating. But at the end of the day, we had that target and we, you know, I couldn't waste that money that we did. So I think by being consistent and showing up, we end up getting a return on that investment in, in 15 to 18 months, not the 24 months. And it exceeded that and beyond. So, um, so yeah, so while uh, all of you listen to this, when you are planning to invest in yourself, um, and even now, I still invest in myself every single, you know, every year. And each time I still get that feeling in my stomach. Oh, my God, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing it? Am I wasting my money? Uh, but I always have the philosophy that even if it if you learn one thing that's going to help you get, you get to where you want to get to and hold yourself account- accountable and get a return on that investment, then you're always going to do well. So, So I guess that was our strategy, wasn't it? And I think uh, probably so, so. in terms of trying to, for listeners out there, trying to work out how to get their get their partners on board, that's certainly our story. Um, have you got any tips or tricks that suggestions that you would give to somebody, especially if they've got, you know, you, being a risk averse like yourself? How do you think? You know, what tips can you give to someone who's got a very risk averse partner um, to get on board? Well, I
1: think I think you I think you've got to both. Um, you know, respect the the um the position from where from where each of you are coming. So you know, if we use our example, you know your strength is you know finding deals um, um you know working with with councils and and builders and you know designers and, you know almost the creative um, side of a deal, yeah, um whereas i'm uh, I'm quite often assessing. You know, where, what's the risk? What's the downside? What's what's our plan B if um, if a strategy doesn't work, or you know, if we if we have issues with planning risk, if we have issues with construction risk, if we have issues with um, sales risk at the end of a project, um, you know, I'm I'm often there um, working out what we would do um, in those scenarios um, as a plan B, um, and you know, I think as long as you respect uh, the position from which it, you're each coming, um, and then ultimately meet in the middle. Um, then I, I think that's healthy, yeah. Um, because ultimately, you don't you tend to not end up, you know, too skewed to in either direction.
0: Yeah, and and being very open and transparent. At times, it's a lot of heated, heated yeah. conversations to get to that middle ground. Uh, we've certainly had a few barnies in the past, haven't we, Al, uh, trying to... Pretty much the
1: only source of our arguments. So. <laughs> very,
0: very true.
1: We don't, really, we don't really disagree on much else, um, except when we're assessing a development. Yeah,
0: so true, so true. Uh, but
1: you know, as I said, ultimately, we, we generally end up somewhere in the middle, which, yeah. um, you know, allows both of us to put our head on the pillow at night. And that's important because... Um, you, you certainly don't want to be, you know, going down a path where you know there's one side of the relationship that's not doing that. That's that's obviously unhealthy. So,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, you need to you need to meet in a, in a position that you're both comfortable to move forward on.
0: Yeah, definitely, and you know. I have to admit that even though it's very frustrating when, uh, you know, wanting to race 100 miles an hour and you pull me back and we have, you know, some heated discussions to get to that middle ground, um, I think it always ends up being the the right path in the middle after we've had our vented our, uh, our own points of view. And it has made us sharper about what we do, because I know myself, if I want to get Al on board for a deal, then I've got to think. Okay, what's our going to ask about this deal? I think. Okay, well, have I assessed this risk even before I even mention it to our to to you know to be able to say okay, let's go down that path. So it certainly made me a lot sharper in in assessing the risk of projects. And ironically. Uh, a lot of the content that I've created inside the inner circle, as a lot of my students would know, there's a very heavy risk focus. Every single module has a risk lesson. And that's very much different from our, like all the, the lessons and the frustrations and the disagreements we've had to be able to get to that middle ground, I've captured and um, incorporated into those lessons. And you'll also always hear me mention the the, the term risk first, profit second guess where that came from it certainly wasn't me so um so for those who are risk averse if you do have a risk averse partner uh, that's really heavily weaved into the way that I teach and that, and the way that I do my business now as well so um so I think just to to wrap things up I'd I'd like to run through a few tips that uh certainly may help if you do have a risk-averse partner on board. I'll just capture what Al's also said, but things from my perspective too, um, and I think you raised this, Al, like number one is really understanding your partner's needs, understanding what they're nervous about and how can you address those 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 uncertainties or that nervousness in a way that's going to be beneficial for both of you. So so for me, in, a, in our initial journey, I knew that I needed to get out in front of an educator that is going to deal with risk and, and really make you feel comfortable in that way for us to be able to move forward. So, so yeah, certainly start with understanding your partner's needs and, and then try and find a solution that's going to address their needs as well as help you get to where you want to get to. So that's number one. Two, I think, is very important is having common goals. And for us, it was really lifestyle driven. Being able to have me leave the workforce so that I could be more available to our kids um, and and help run the household. It's, for those of you who have two full time working parents, as you know, it's a it's a challenge and a struggle to try and manage the domestic load as well as you know your, your business load as well. So that was really important, wasn't it? our Um, And when you have common goals for us, it was to get rid of, you know, get control of our time, but also to get rid of our mortgage. And if I stayed in my job, it would have taken us so many more years to be able to get to where we'd got to. So, So by having common goals, whether that's getting rid of your mortgage or releasing one of you from their job or even just having enough funds to help with school fees or holidays, if you're both aligned with those end goals, then it's a lot easier to have a conversation about how you're going to try and get there. So definitely number two, have common goals. Three, I think it's really important to get your partner involved. And, um, you know, I know, as I mentioned earlier, by getting your partner in front of somebody else other than yourself, it's like, you know, it's like your children, right? They hear, You can tell them something. If they hear it from their parents, they think, okay, whatever, mum. But they hear exactly the same thing from somebody else. Suddenly it's got credibility. Probably not too disciplined dissim- in a relationship, is it Al? And, and that's certainly what happened with us, you know, getting Al in front of another educator that would address and speak to him in the way that um, would address his needs um, around risk. That was certainly my strategy and I think it worked. Um, and certainly for those of you who do end up speaking with one of my property strategists, if you're going to book a call with one of my strategists, get your partner involved as well because that way, um, you know, We can have an open and transparent conversation and my strategist can also address both of your needs in that conversation as well and that can really help get your partner on board too so i think it's really important if you want to head down this property development path make sure you have those open conversations with your partner get them involved in a strategy call and and that will certainly help you cause uh, to be able to embark upon that journey if you want to And then fourthly, I think, um, you know, a lesson and it's always a balancing act, but I think it's always going to be relationship first. So, um, you know, even with deals and as frustrating as it can be, if we've had some deals that have been pushed back on and yes, I might not be happy at the time, but at the end of the day, uh, deals come and go, your relationship's there forever. So uh, it's really important to make sure that's at the forefront of the conversations and the discussions you have as you make progress towards your life goals. So, um, so yeah, they're the four key tips. So understand your partner's needs. Second, two have common goals. Three, get them involved or get somebody else involved to help you navigate through those conversations. And four is relationship for it first. So I hope those tips really do help you have those conversations with your partner. Is there anything else, out that you want to add before we sign off? I
1: I'd just say to the the, the risk averse partners out there, there's there's nothing wrong with it. I, I, in my professional life, some of the the best and most successful property developers that I've come across, um, you know, are quite risk averse um, in in nature, mm-hmm. um, and they're always covering off on their on their risk first before they're thinking about their profit. So, yeah. um, you know don't you know don't be afraid to you know express your views. Um, and as I said, I think both both sides of the relationship. Um, need to express their uh, their views and and hopefully you know meet in the middle somewhere um, to um, you know build on a successful project.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and for us, you know, like a lot of people just starting out, it was we were way out of our comfort zone. We had a lot of fear to overcome. We had a lot of discussions to be able to get ourselves both on board. But I've got to say, like, for what property development has done for us in our lives and what it's provided for our family and enabled us to do has been worth every single heated conversation that we've had and um, every challenge that we faced in our projects and our business lives um, to be able to be lucky to have the lifestyle we've had. So I really hope this podcast has uh, given you a few tips and tricks to help navigate those conversations and um, look forward to supporting you further. And if you do want to get to have a chat to one of our property strategists who can help have those conversations with you and your partner, then be sure to go to our website, book a call and really help you. look forward to helping you embark upon your property and your lifestyle journey. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. This is Building Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. This podcast was produced by the Rising Star Developer. We've been helping Australians realise their financial and lifestyle goals since 2020. We play a pivotal role in educating, supporting, and celebrating the goals and successes of our students and our community. To find out how we can help you realize your property, wealth, and lifestyle goals, head to our website, www.risingstardeveloper.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of Building Lifestyles, be sure to subscribe to and follow the show in your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review as it really helps others find the show. I'm Amanda McEwen and we'll be back next episode with more tips on how you can build your lifestyle.